Welcome back to Bird's Eye View. When it comes to the Orioles, this weekly podcast is your official source for a lack of insight and for baseless opinion. Today is March 9th. Actually, it's March 10th because we're a day late. 2020. This is episode 286. My name is Scott Magnus. And this is Jake English. And on this week's show, we'll see if we can, you know, go through a few surprises for you. Just like, hey, we're podcasting a day late. And uh, we'll also skip to the end. Yeah, that makes sense. And we'll do that right after we lubricate for the show. It's time for the drink of the week. Jake, what are you imbibing on this evening? I am drinking a Coca-Cola with whiskey in it that is possibly older than my son. Hmm, So whiskey goes bad, right? I assume so. I don't know when that bottle was purchased, and I'm... Yeah, I don't think it actually goes bad, Jake, so... just... I just don't care to look. What about you, Scotty? What are you drinking this one? Uh, Jake, I am drinking a Puck Face from Raw Brewing Company. All right. Pretty good. Nice good, sour. Good beer. Good reference. Uh, yeah. Nice uh, blue raspberry uh, sour ale. All right. Good stuff. If you're interested to see what we are drinking on a weekly basis, come get social with us on Untapped. I'm at Jake E4025. I'm at MEGN8606. And with that, Jake, I guess it's time... I think it's time for us to go on over to the medical wing. So, Scotty, is there a... Um, is there a major national or international health story going on these days? Is there anything that we should that we should talk about in, in regards to health? Uh, let me go ahead and check my email, uh, my voicemails. There seems to be this whole um, coronavirus thing. Jake, you've been drinking a little too much corona lately? I have the virus, yeah. Uh, look, this is not a joking matter. This is a very serious matter. Um, you know, this is not a uh, conspiracy uh, theory that has been brewed up here by the bird's eye view aspects. Um, folks, baseball could be threatened. So again, there is nothing more serious in our hearts than baseball being threatened. J- Japan is already uh, going to fanless spring training games, and I think at this point have pushed back the start of their season. Once again, Adam Jones cannot get in front of a population to actually watch him play baseball. Yikes! <laughs> um, so, how is this going to impact uh, Major League Baseball and, and specifically the Orioles? So far. Major League Baseball says, you know, all is well, mm-hmm. all is well, all is good. Um, but they are, you know, going to start taking some precautions. Right now, they've they've changed the autograph policy, um, trying to limit the players' contact with the public, and they've closed the clubhouses to to the media, which promptly pissed off a lot of old white men. You know, that's how we're supposed to do our jobs. That's what baseball is for. Right. Making old white men unhappy. Absolutely. Um, But I'm curious to see what might go farther. You know, everyone keeps bringing up, oh, maybe they'll play uh, more fanless games like Mm -hmm. the one we experienced here in Baltimore. Um, Do you think it's possible that this gets to the point where Major League Baseball uh, pushes back the season or shortens the season? Um. I don't think we're at that point yet, and nor do I think it's going to be um, at a scale of a national level such as that. But I do think there are going to be instances um, where certain cities would be potentially placed into a quarantine situation, and it doesn't make sense for us to have mass gatherings such as this. So I think to see a situation like in Seattle recently, um, if there was a Mariners game, it might have not been the most prudent activity to do so. So can you imagine if this was a year in which the World Baseball Classic was taking place in March? Yeah, it would be 
pretty disastrous. Once again, affecting Adam Jones. <laughs> be wild. It'd be interesting to see the way that. So Adam Jones plays for Japan now. That's the way it works. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Do you think I, he would actually make the Japan team? Because I don't think he would. I would hope so. I don't think he would. I would pay money just to watch that. Um, from one non-laughing matter to another, we can't uh, talk about the medical wing without addressing the Trey Mancini situation. He, is, um, of course, has left the team with an undisclosed condition. He's going to uh, have an undisclosed procedure uh, sometime next week. Um, and here's the thing. There's a lot that has been going on in social media, and I think it would be irresponsible to conjecture as to what we think is going on. I think it's important to respect the privacy of Mancini and that whole process. But beyond all of that, it sounds serious. And we here at Bird's Eye View and, and all of Birdland are clearly pulling for Trey Mancini. So we hope to get good news and, and hope that uh, this is all less dire than we assume it is. And this may be the first time ever on this podcast that we were not irresponsible in our conjecturing. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Uh, there's some other minor stuff. I'm not sure that any of these guys are, are important. Um, I, I read amongst the uh, the Twitterverse that there's a person named Cole Stewart who yeah. is in camp, and he has a sore bicep. Yeah, good prospect. I, I'm not sure how far that's going to push him back. Well, he wasn't going to make the major league roster as it is. Um, but but I th- his throwing arm is ouchy. Yeah, I, I think the bigger issue is with Cole Stewart is you look at him and, um, you know, fourth overall selection within the 2013 MLB draft. Um and he indicated that he's got bicep soreness. He's also indicated, too, that he didn't prepare as well as he thought he should have done going into the winter. So that's something that he's going to work on going forward in the future. Um, again, it's it's one of those situations where it's, he's just going to get pushed back. And, you know, he wasn't going to come up in April. Um, maybe this pushes him back into June or July as a potential call-up. Yeah, you know, when other people have either gotten injured or have failed their way out of the rotation. Right, which should come soon enough, basically. All right, uh... Tommy Malone has an issue with his neck and trapezius. Um, he'll probably... Beg your pardon? Yeah, trapezius. Okay. That's a thing. It's it's here. Okay, just want to make sure. The, the, the listeners can't see, but I'm pointing. You're pointing at an elephant. I am pointing at an yeah. elephant. That's not a trapezius? Yeah, that's not an elephant. Oh, go back. That's a trapeze. Wow. Um, he's going to be out for a little while. He last appeared in a game on the 27th of February. Oh, yeah, so he's going to be in extended spring training. Yeah, sure. Okay. And... We laughed last week about whether or not DJ Stewart was still alive. He could appear in uh, spring training no, games can't. next no. week. No chance. Okay. He'll be there, you know, passing out autographs. That's true. They, they're they going to toss them. They're going to toss the autographs. They're going to be working in his arm strength, basically. Say, try to get up to row 10 up there and see what happens. But, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, we, we said last week, uh, not much going on the medical wing. Don't think we really need to bring her back. And then, you know, pandemic hits. No, that's, this is our fault. So this clearly. is our fault. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's go to 280 characters or less this week on the Twitters. Jake, why don't you start us off? Uh, I saw a tweet that brought me pure joy. Uh, this is a, a tweet that came out from Suspedis Family Barbecue and it reads as follows. Today is Jordan's 25th birthday. He's a great dude and a great friend, and I love and appreciate him dearly. For his birthday present, please tweet us your favorite super weird, bizarre, very memorable baseball play so he can watch them all for his birthday. Thanks. Now, uh, Jake from Suspedis Family Bar- uh, Barbecue did not just give Jordan a birthday present. Scott, this is a present for all of us. Yep. I, I absolutely recommend you find this tweet. It'll be um, on our show notes. Just go through the list of plays it is a good way to spend some time. I always think back to the odd play where you see Delman Young basically trying to play in the outfield and the ball bounces in front of him 
And he looks like, um, you know, a, a Jewish soldier just came up to him, basically. <laughs> well, the uh, no? I'm going to let that one go. Uh, Jack, you're going to high step it out of here. I'm going to goose step it out of here. Yeah. Come on, man. Um, <laughs> Jack Cuss rounding third was on there. There was oh, a couple yep. of uh, toot bland situations uh, as well as as botched rundowns. But my first thought was, uh, Manny Machado, don't throw it away. Don't throw it at all. Yeah, that's a that, good one. That was fun. So, Jake, uh, the Orioles jettisoned out two pitchers, but um, why would we need fewer pitchers? What we really need is more pitchers. So this one comes from the Baltimore Orioles at Orioles. The Orioles have claimed right-handed pitcher Hector Velasquez off waivers from the Boston Red Sox. Jake, we'll get into this a little bit about surprising moves, but I'd like to talk about Hector Velasquez and where you see him kind of lining up on the Orioles opening day roster. Uh, let me just scroll to my projected... Uh, roster looking for his name still scrolling I'm keep scrolling name and scrolling I'm now off that page onto the next page nope nope he's not going to show up so I believe Hector Velasquez is going to in essence get in a turf war um, with Pat Valakia and in essence open a taco stand down in Albuquerque Mexico I, I think he's got options yes he does have one option remaining okay so he'll be he'll be elsewhere uh, I don't know about that but we'll see let's hope <laughs> All right, next I've got a tweet from uh, Maryland Basketball at Terrapin Hoops. Big 10 champions. Uh, This is fun for all you Maryland fans out there. Maryland, uh, after joining the Big 10 all those years ago, finally making waves, winning, uh, not outright, but winning the Big 10 championship. And uh, it'll it'll be interesting to see where they go in March and just when they choose to uh, rip our hearts out. Yeah. Hey, Jake, when's the last time American University won their conference championship? All right, that is not important. And okay. uh, actually, I just watched them flame out in the Patriot League tournament. Imagine that. A two to seven, uh, two against Ooh. seven uh, matchup, and they lost to the seventh. So they had seven people. So they had seven people on the court, and the actually, other team had two teams. It was actually incredible. The uh, Bender Arena was packed full, and guy that kept showing up on the screen, uh, you know, because this was broadcast free to the internet, uh, in, an, in a nose hat. Oh, uh, look at that. It was pretty exciting. Did you know him? I did not. Okay. I did not. Uh, speaking of, um, you know, doppelgangers as it were, um, of wearing Orioles hats at American university, uh, someone else is leading a double life. Um, this comes from Nathan Ruiz at Nathan S. Ruiz, Thomas Malone, who to my knowledge is not Tommy Malone, hit a two run home run off of Michael Givens, five, three Yankees. So is Thomas Malone, the more mature version of Tommy Malone? I do choose to believe they are the same person. Okay. That's what I want. Okay. This is the world I want to be living in. I think it is only right that Thomas Malone should like the be Count of Monte Cristo, basically. Yes. The same. <laughs> this is what I this is what I want. Folks, this is the kind of content that you're coming here is getting Count of Monte Cristo references um, twelve minutes into a podcast. And so. uh, and updates on American University Absolutely. Basketball. Yeah. Absolutely. This is, this is the important stuff. All right. Uh, anything else that we need to cover in this week on the Twitters? It's been a pretty slow week, I think, in spring training. Um, nothing too much going on. I think the Trey story was the biggest one, but Again, it's one of those situations where there is nothing uh, kind of out there. So we're just going to kind of lay, 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 lay a lie. Um, so let's go to camp surprises um, and talk about some of the things that I think have been surprises over the past few weeks and um, some things that shouldn't be surprising to any of us.
Scotty, I can't get over the fact that uh, spring training is, in many ways, incredibly boring. Yep. And yet, there are some surprising things happening down there in Sarasota. If you read between the lines, if you are desperate for nuggets of information about this team, as you know, people that, that produce a podcast on a weekly basis about a team that's expected to lose over 100 games tend to be, then don't follow Peter Schmuck <laughs> and follow John Mioli. I'm just saying there are some interesting things happening. So I wanted to chat through a couple of the surprises and not surprises. Uh, let's talk about the first one, which is that the Orioles got rid of their uh, two uh, Rule 5 draft picks, as you mentioned at the top of the show. We discussed this last week saying, oh, they're locks. They've got them yep. at the club, right? So what happened? What does it say that those two guys were given back? So, I mean, I think ultimately when we look at what Elias said, he said, you know, with the current rules that are in place as in regards to roster management, it was highly unlikely that we were going to be able to maintain those players the entire season. So even though the Orioles could have broken camp with them, in all likelihood, the Orioles could in essence do the Norfolk shuttle with them on their roster. And I think that's going to be a really key um, aspect going forward for this team. If we're looking at a starting rotation of John Means, Alex Cobb, Asher Wojciechowski, Way LeBlanc, and then question mark, um, maybe it's Hector Velasquez, maybe it's somebody else. One of the Tommy Malones. One of the Tommy Malones. But it certainly looks like the Orioles are going to rely on a starter by committee, um, maybe an opener basis. So they're going to have to be shuttling people back and forth, back and forth throughout Norfolk and maybe even Bowie in order to make these spots start. So in, in essence, to put someone in the bullpen that you're not sure if they could start or not is going to be tough. So you look at the folks that are going to be in the bullpen, you've got, you know, Miguel Castro, Sean Armstrong, Paul Fry, Tanner Scott, and then Cole Stewart, I was actually mentioned there, but I don't think he's actually going to break camp um, based off the injury. But I think when you look at it and you say, okay, there's probably two spots in there that can in essence be rotated back and forth from the Norfolk shuttle. And then if those two spots are going to have to be openers, um, the Orioles are going to have to continually switch and having rule five picks there would really kind of hamstring them in terms of bringing up talent throughout the year. Do you think that it is that, do you think it is a hundred percent the roster uh, manipulation that they're going after? Or do you think this is a case in which the talent that we brought in the rule five draft is at least comparable with some of the other options in the organization? Uh, I do believe that is the case, um, that some of the folks that we're looking at potentially bringing up like a Keegan Aiken or a Dean Kramer or even a David Hess uh, potentially could fall into that role. Even Bruce Zimmerman actually showed some really promise um, in his recent start. I'm not saying they're all going to be great. I just think it comes back to the point of, was it a likelihood that those guys were going to make it through the entire season? No. And the Orioles made the prudent move early on as opposed to drawing it out and continue to draw it out and then continue to drawing it out until the point where you're screaming your television, this guy can't be on a major league baseball roster. What are you doing? Um, and the Orioles in the past under the show Walter and uh, Dan Duquette era uh, certainly drew out some of their roll five picks um, longer than it was necessary. I'm just delighted at the concept that maybe our 40 man roster can go toe to toe with other clubs. Maybe not all of them, but right. you know, it's, it's nice to see that the edges of our 40 man roster are, at least league average at this point. It's also interesting to look at the timing of the matter. Um, you know, if rotation arms were in need or bullpen arms were in need, you would have thought maybe we're going to keep them until the end of spring training and in essence have a conversation with the team of saying, can we make a trade? 
Instead, the Orioles made the decision early on in the process and said, this isn't going to work. We're just going to return them. And in essence, we're going to focus on the pitchers that we want to get a better look at to create a plan going forward for the season. So they moved away from this notion of let's kick the can and instead made a decision. That decision might be wrong at the very end of the day, but it's great to see them actually make a decision. All right, let's take a look at another surprise. And Scott, this shocks me. Mm-hmm. Spring training stats mean nothing. Yep. Chris Davis has not imploded. Yeah. He he has not combusted on the field. Um, again, the stats mean nothing, but in eight Grapefruit League games, he's not been awful. And by that, I mean, you know, kind of tearing the cover off the ball and walking. He's walking. Scott? Yeah, he certainly doesn't have the 40% K rate that we have come accustomed to with Chris Davis. Um, Certainly on base percentage is there. But another thing that was mentioned, too, was um, even when he is getting outs, he's still advancing runners, too. So, again, that strikeout rate is not there. He's at least putting balls in play and advancing runners. So, um, you know, even some of the hits that he's had specifically to left field, I mean, the amount of times that we could look at it and be like, when's the last time he hit a ball to left field? We're seeing that more so this season. I don't know what to think of it just yet. Because, again, I don't want to get my hope up. Um, And, again, it's too small of a sample size um, to really make any judgments. But, man, it comes back to that same point that I said. He's he's a perfect example of a ball to Jimenez, where occasionally he puts together these little runs, and you're like, what happens if he actually is good? But ultimately, I think he's going to be the player that he's been for the past few seasons, which is gosh awful. He is who we thought he was. But it's nice to see um, him having some success and being happy um, out there playing baseball. How about that? Okay, cool. Um, I, I am surprised by this, and maybe I'm not paying attention. Maybe I'm an idiot. This is all possible. I'm surprised that uh, John Means is lined up cur- currently to make the uh, opening day start. That's the way it would proceed sure. uh, this way. I, I'm kind of surprised. I know that Means had a great season last year. It's just that... I'm sorry. Are you dismissing John Means' all-star season? I'm not. Okay. I'm not. But I'm so used to this team uh, bowing to... Uh, veterans? Veterans. Okay. Yeah. They you know they paid Alex Cobb all that money. Sure. They get almost nothing out of him. He's finally possibly... So let me ask this question. Um how many innings pitched has John Means had for the Orioles versus Alex Cobb having innings pitched for the Orioles? Total? Yeah. I don't know. I bet you Alex Cobb probably has more innings pitched. <laughs> I mean, uh, John Means has more innings pitched than Alex Cobb does for the Orioles. That would be very funny. Yeah. I bet you that's the case. So he's you're telling me he's an Orioles veteran. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Just like Chris Tillman was an Orioles veteran, so he always got the starting stop. <laughs> That's why we and Chen couldn't get the starting rotation nod or the opening day thing because it was like, we've got to give it to Chris Tillman because he's our vet. Staff ace, Rodrigo Lopez. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Are there any other uh, Didn't surprises? Rodrigo Lopez like, have the most like opening yeah. day starts ever? Like He was like five or six, right? I don't know if it was ever, but he had a ton. Yeah. Okay. It'd be interesting to come back and see if, if Rodrigo Lopez had the most ever. I know that he had a bunch, and then maybe Guthrie had one in between, and then they went back to, to Lopez. Rodrigo Lopez. And just like, you know what? Let's go ahead and reopen that can of this sardines. One, this worked out so well. <laughs> Let's just go back. Uh, is there any other surprising uh, bits of, of information that's come out of the spring that I'm, I'm not paying attention to? I, I think the most surprising was that this podcast was optimistic for at least like one episode, <laughs> uh, maybe even two. 
Um, and it completely came back and bit us in the butt. But um, again, that's a surprise to all of us within Birdland. Um, and we're going to end that that tendency going forward. Absolutely. Oh, he- here's one. Okay. okay. Um, so I think it's interesting and, and somewhat surprising that there are real, honest to God, questions about who is going to make this roster, the 26-man roster, and even the 40-man roster. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like in previous years, it's been all decided except for maybe one roster spot, right? You could look all up and down the, the diamond, all up and down the bullpen, and know who was going to be where. And I feel like this year, not so much. I hear what you're saying. Um, I still feel like most of the roster is ready is already complete. I think the only question I have, it comes back to one of the ones we had during the first week, which was, who's playing outfield? And um, obviously we know that Austin Hayes is going to be out there. Um, we obviously think that you know, Anthony Santander now is going to basically be there, which Ooh. Anthony Santander. Yeah. There's, there's been a recent change to the outfield. You're right. But does Dwight Smith Jr. actually break with the team? Like it's nothing. He's not good or anything like that. I mean, you have to think, you know, there has to be somebody that the Orioles could potentially bring up and say, let's give this guy a shot. Maybe it, it's TJ Stewart. If he's actually readily available, they've got to have somebody tossing uh, autographs, right? I mean, I guess, but I mean, I would rather see DJ Stewart, I think, than, than, um, you know, Dwight Smith, um, just from an offensive and a defensive standpoint. No, but, I find that surprising. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. What do you, what do you think? I mean, what are positions that you're like, you feel are still up for grabs? Well, obviously the utility spots open. The 26th, uh, position is, is a question mark that we've never had before. I, I think the bullpen is real. I'm really fascinated by the bullpen because let's outside of, uh, my, uh, Michael Givens, right? Mm hmm. Is there anybody in that bullpen that you can't imagine the Orioles parting with? Like, if if they just cut ties with Miguel Castro at mm-hmm. the end of spring training and said, you know what, we want to see this person, this person, this person instead, that wouldn't shock me. No. And I'd be all for it. You know, even even a guy like Richard Blyer. Sure. Who, you know, this podcast loves. Hunter Harvey would probably be. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Hunter Harvey. That's That's another good one. But yeah. outside of those two. I, I could see I could see a shakeup in the bullpen coming sure. in any moment. Yeah. Uh, whereas I, I don't feel like there's been that much unrest recently. I, I think that's that's probably what I'm getting to. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, so you're really concerned, or everyone's concerned. You think that there's going to be some intrigue as it relates to utility infielders? Is that is that where the, the surprise could be? I don't find it intriguing, but yes, I think that there's some uncertainty there. So what you're saying is you think Pat Vallakia might actually have some legs and doesn't have to go to Minnesota and make some burgers. I think that that storyline is much more fun than anything we're going to experience this season. All right. But, uh, I mean, I, can, I guess I can deal with that kind of disappointment. I think what the the biggest surprise is going to be is who makes the team that we weren't expecting. So like Dwight Smith was a great example of mm-hmm. someone that we were not even thinking about until he was released by the club. I think we're going to see a similar situation either with an outfielder or a, an infielder um, where a team, you know, designates for assignments or tries to get them onto the minor league staff. And the Orioles are just like, we'll give them a shot and see what happens. Um, I think Ramon Urias makes the team. No question about it. I still don't know about Pat Falakia, um, but I think there's going to be one mystery player that still hasn't gotten into this team just yet. The mystery player. That's right. It wouldn't be baseball like mystery talk. Date. Right. It wouldn't <laughs> be baseball talk without the mystery team showing up. Um, have Have there been any just straight up not surprises? You know, things that clearly we were all just waiting to happen and they happened. Um, I don't know. I can't think of any. What do you think? 
I think, uh, you know, when Adley Rutschman got sent down, maybe the timing was interesting, but everybody was like, okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that was encouraging because it's like, okay, good. And like, we're actually following what we should do from a player development standpoint. Um, that's great. Um, you know, I think Hector Velasquez getting claimed is a, is a great example of something that we knew was coming. Um, obviously, the Orioles wanted to go out there and get starting pitchers. Um, Hector Velasquez somewhat fits that mold of maybe long man, two to three innings. We want a starting pitching. We got this guy instead. Yeah. Um, but again, I, I, like I said, I, you knew the Orioles were going to go out there and get a player such as Hector Velasquez or another player to be named later um, and not from the Chad Bradford trade. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're going to continue to see this circus and revolving door policy with players that get claimed off waivers. All right. Well, hopefully the end of spring training, because we are we are drawing rapidly to a close here. We've got about two weeks left. Hopefully the last two weeks and change is uh, is a little more surprising than we thought. I really hope it's not. Um, you know, this this whole matter with Trey has really just put me into I wouldn't say a bad mood, but just like a a little bit more remorseful mood um, and just being like, I don't want to have any more surprises. I'd rather just experience the the sadness of normal Orioles baseball as opposed to unexpected surprises such as that. That's true. That that does make the uh you know the baseball stuff matter much less. Right. So that's the only thing I'd say is I'd rather have some continuity and some uniformity rather than um that surprise in that manner. All right, I can handle that. Yeah. I mean I mean honestly Jake, I had the same issue last year where it was tough for me to get Jones up to watch the Orioles. Um and I feel a little bit better this year about kind of experiencing it and seeing some of the prospects starting to come up. But a part of me is just like, man, I really wish this season could in essence just spring forward as it were. So do you mind if we like maybe go into a little bit and let me pontificate and theorize about what I would like the Orioles to look like in a few months? Sure. Let me, let me adjust my clock while you do that. That sounds good. funny that's the uh, same sound that the smoke detector makes in the uh, bird's eye view studio uh when you change the batteries out so um yeah so um so jake uh we're in the home stretch with about two weeks left until real games are played um and in my opinion this is the worst part of spring training uh the excitement of boys and shorts has ended um <laughs> and we are now in the process of watching meaningless baseball awaiting for more meaningless baseball during the regular season so this past weekend we experienced a time shift as it were through daylight savings time uh once again reappearing on our calendar and I know some people hate daylight savings time. Some people love daylight savings time. I'm actually somewhat of a fan of daylight savings time. It's an aspect where the sun is up a bit later in the day. The kids are able to go outside right before bed. And most importantly, it means that, Jake, you get to sleep past 7 o'clock without seeing the sun, mm. which is just a win for you and you know a detriment to your wife. But you know, I was thinking along those lines of if we could, in essence, have the oil spring forward on a few things in 2020 – what would it be? Look, we know in essence this season is lost. Um, and I would kind of like to know now rather than later um, about a few certain topics, as it were. So, Jake, maybe we can go through and figure out, you know, if we could spring forward on a few topics with the Baltimore Orioles to know what it would be, what it could, what would you want to know? Well, um, I want to cut to the chase, right? I want to skip ahead to the good stuff or perhaps not to the good stuff. I would like to spring forward to the first disappointment. 
of the season. That first time that, you know, despite the fact that I know this team isn't going anywhere, I dare to hope. And I get too invested in a single game and I get don't do that. soul crushed. Oh, it's yeah. going to happen. Don't do that. I know it's going to happen. And it's going to be a West Coast game. You're going to stay up at 3 o'clock in the morning. it's <laughs> going to happen. And so can we just cut to the chase and get there? I'm going to spring forward to my own stupidity and that first great disappointment. Yeah. One moment that I'd like to spring forward to right now is I'd like to spring forward into July and I would like to be in Williamsport, Pennsylvania and watching the Orioles and the Red Sox play um, and in essence see them play in this little league stadium. I think that'll be a really fun experience and a fun environment. Um, and, you know, maybe the Orioles will pick up a few little league players to be on their team uh, to help them out. I like that. Okay. Let me spring ahead. Um, I'd like to spring forward to the end of all the talk about Nashville, to all the talk about, you know, the Orioles. I said one year. We can't go five <laughs> years in the future, okay? I find this talk to be maddening, and I think it's just people trying to fill internet pages while there's nothing else to talk about. Can we just cut to the end? You know, it, it's interesting you mentioned this because I've thought about this a lot this winter about the whole Nashville rumors, and when I look back on it, it's an absolutely ridiculous you know, notion and idea. And I think to myself, like, who could have started this rumor? Like, who out there is tied to the Orioles um, on a daily basis? And who lives in Nashville that could start such nasty rumors? Matt Taylor, I'm looking at you. I require your assistance as soon as possible on this podcast. Thank you very much. All right. What are you, what are you uh, springing forward to? Jake, I really want to know the answer just so that I'm right. I want to know on June 15th, is Chris <laughs> Davis finally cut from this team and no longer part of it? That's what I really want to know. I want to know what the future holds from Chris Davis. I want to get away from this whole spring optimism, as it were, like you were saying, and just get to the heart of the matter and be like, yep, he was bad just like I thought he was. All right. I would like to spring forward to the end of the tenure at Masson of Scott Garceau. Look, Ooh. very nice guy. Yeah. Very nice guy. I like him a lot. But his play-by-play does nothing for me. It's a little dull is the best way to put it. Um, yeah, I don't know if he's still getting into it and trying to figure it out. But again, even the chemistry that he has with some of his color commentators is just like, eh. yeah, I'm not feeling the just yet. But I will say that uh, some of the radio lately has been off the hook. Um, Jeff Arnold uh, was on. And I was just like, man, he's so good. Like, so good. Um, I haven't heard any of it yet on the radio, but I am really looking forward to oh, it. Oh, it was so good. Um, yeah, it was, I, I had a, he, I think it's, I think radio is going to be the so, way to be. So this is the year I should have cut, cut the cord. Uh, yeah, you should have cut the cord. Cause there was, there was a, I think it was three seasons ago I did without, uh, television and it was brutal. I, I think it's super easy now because, you know, you just put on MLB radio, you can stream it through Alexa. I mean, it's super easy. Like, why do you need to watch the Orioles? Like, you don't need to see, you know, moving images to tell you what's going on in the game. You can, in essence, imagine in your head how pathetic the season is going to look in your mind. And it, no matter what happens, it's probably going to look better in your mind than it actually is on the TV screen. Also true of this show. Absolutely. No question about it. All right. What, are you, what else are we springing forward to? I would really like to spring forward and figure out, is Adley Rutschman truly the thing? Like... Obviously, he's going in. He's going to be starting in single A, probably go up to double A. But I want to see if he rakes. And if he rakes and is similar to a Manny Machado, I'm going to get really excited really quickly. Um, If he comes in and it's like, eh, he's not really a top 10 prospect. Maybe he's like a top 30 prospect. 
I'm going to get really disappointed really quickly. But if he rakes like he did, like Manny did when he first came into the minors, um, a whoa baby. Whoa baby indeed. Okay. So 10 out of 10 on the whoa baby scale if he's Manny. Um, that's a that's a 10 out of 10 for me. Right, right, right. What if he's a Matt Wieters? Um, I'll give it like a 7 out of 10. I'll be like, okay, um, that is not the player that is in essence going to turn this franchise around and we still need to draft somebody that is in essence going to turn this franchise around. And what if he turns out to be Jeffrey Hammonds? I was I was going to say Brian Mattis. Oh, Brian Mattis, really? Oh, I'm going to go three out of ten. <laughs> That's three too many. Yeah, Jeffrey Hammonds would at least get maybe like a five out of ten for me. Okay, even though Jeffrey Hammonds was really bad. <laughs> yeah, but we know his name. You know what? Seventeen years later or whatever. Absolutely. Yikes! Uh, I would. Like we to always say- know first round draft pick misery. <laughs> I would like to spring forward to the improbable and crazy wins that we know are going to happen. Mm. This team is going to be terrible. Yeah. This season is lost. But somehow we always manage to sneak these crazy wins out every once in a while. That we, games that we have no business winning. And, you know, you know there are going to be games where we're up against the division-leading team, uh, you know, playing with a, a, co- a collection of misfit toys. And uh, it'll be fun. Yeah. It'll be fun. There will be that that late-game magic uh, and I look forward to that. That's, I think, what's going to fuel me. So I want to spring forward to a bird's eye view episode in the future. And it's going to be one where Jake comes in and blows the save, where he is absolutely furious that he didn't get the most recent promotion at the stadium because he got there a little too late. I tell you what, though, <laughs> if I do get it, whatever it is, and then somebody offers me $100 for it, it's gone. It's gone? Yeah. Okay. I would like to spring forward uh, to... The next exciting call-up, whatever it is. Look, Adley Rutschman's not coming up this mm-hmm. season, but I remember what it was like to watch Matt Wieters in his Major League debut. I remember Manny Machado uh, in his Major League debut. I can't wait to see somebody not not like that because they're not going to be as big. But, you know, again, we're going to see some Major League debuts this year. You know, so, some Keegan Akins and Dean Kramers and, you know, maybe even a Usniel Diaz. Uh, Ryan Mountcastle. So whatever it is, we're going to see pieces and parts that we've talked about for a season or two and, and have looked at as being, you know, a step to the future. Maybe not, you know, the pivotal step, but we're going to start to see some of that payoff in some way. And I, I can't wait to see, you know, whether we've got magic beans or whether we've got something with staying power. Sure. Absolutely. Jake, I'd like to spring forward and, um, I'd like to spring forward to watching games from Japan. I want to see Adam Jones playing in Japan and uh, hitting a dong, as it were, uh, in, in Japan and having the crowd go absolutely insane. I know the, the season is delayed right now, as it is in Japan, but I'm really looking forward to seeing Adam Jones embrace the Japanese culture. Scott, just because a thing is delayed yeah. does not mean it's denied. That's true. All right, this is the last one. Are we still one. talking about you and your wife? No. Okay. <laughs> this is the last That's one always for denied. me. <laughs> She's not even in the country right now, Scotty. Um, This is the last one for me. I want to skip ahead to uh, 3.05 on Thursday, March 26th. Mm. I want the season to be here. I I know, you know, you just said, oh, I'm having a hard time, you know, psyching myself up. I have a disease, and I can't not be psyched up about it. I'm really looking forward to waking up on opening day. You know, it's a high holy day. I've I've taken it off from work because I'm a grown child. Uh, Uh, Yeah. You're just a child. You're not a grown child. I'm a tall child. Okay, there we go. 
I'm going to get up that morning and skip as I take my kids to the bus stop and then come back in and dress myself in a ridiculous amount of orange. I'm going to drink my baseball beer. beer. I'm going to go down. I'm going to have breakfast at Iron Rooster. I'm going to gallivant through the city until it's time for the game and hopefully not too much gallivanting so I can remember the game. I'm going to spend it with all of my favorite people and uh, hopefully I won't be disappointed by my favorite team. It's amazing. Opening day, there's nothing like it. And I, it's only two weeks away. So orange carpet, uh, player announcements. Sure. Um, does Gary Thorne or Jim Hunter do it? I think Jim Hunter does it. I think that is an other duty is assigned. I think Gary Thorne does it. Hmm. If Jim Hunter doesn't come out and do it, what does that say to you, Jake? Uh, it says, yeah, this is a, a this is the end. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's time to move to um, Vatican City, basically, at that point. <laughs> Somebody didn't sell enough ads for uh, for Mars for, for, the, for the archdiocese. <laughs> still doing the ads, by the way. Really? Yeah, still on the radio doing ads, and I'm like, are these from last year? Like, this seems super awkward. Like, they probably are. Yeah. So, um, yeah. All right. Uh, anything else you can think of for springing forward? I I can't. You know, there are things that are going to be fun, and there are things that are not going to be fun. I, I just. The waiting is the hardest part. Absolutely. And that's the always the issue with spring training is, is the waiting portion. We're so close is the best way to put it. So, um, you know, enjoy the time. Um, enjoy the going out to a baseball game. As much as I was dismissive of last season, I didn't get out to as many games as I wanted to. Um, I have made a commitment that I'm going to get it to at least one game per month, um, hopefully more. Um, but every single month I'm going to get out to at least one game. Um, and that's going to be my commitment to spring forward um, and be a, a more loyal fan to these um, rebuilding Baltimore Orioles. With that, why don't we go ahead and blow the save? Let's do it. Scotty, I saw something that I've always wanted to see. That's a little open-ended. I'll explain. I was uh, I was trolling on the internet, mm. as one does. Like you do? Incognito mode? Uh, I was rolling through uh, the Orioles subreddit, and what I found was a post from the music operator at the Aberdeen Ironbirds. And uh, he said, hey, I need some help scripting 2020. What music do you want to hear? And by the way, ask me anything you want to ask. I don't have that great of stories, yeah. but, you know, ask me anything. I have always So wondered. you prompted to give him a list of 1950s and 1960s music that clearly resonates with the youthful population. I know that no one will listen to me about the music, even though I'm right. Yeah. Uh, but I've always been fascinated about this. So I, I've got to reach out to this guy and, and hear more about him. I'm always curious as to how those decisions are made. Um, because you know, when we go to Oriole games for all these years, you, you kind of feel the rhythms of the games, you know, when certain things are coming for the longest time at Camden Yards, when, uh, a opposing pitcher was visited on the mound by the uh, pitching coach, they played the Beatles, you know, my name, look up the number, which is the most obscure Beatles song that has ever been recorded. And so I was like, who, who decided that? That's, that's the most obscure Beatles song. Yes. Okay. Apparently it's it's guys like this. So, uh, so nerds like you who have nothing better to do, and they're just like, "Hey, this would be really cool. If I can play this song." I don't have a better explanation. Yeah, but anyway, so 
jump onto the Orioles subreddit, find this guy, ask him all the questions. I'm going to reach out and, and see if we can get a, a little bit of description for how this works uh, in general, because I'd love to know. I'd love to know. I've always been curious. The thought process, as it were, in terms of just trying to figure out everything that's going on. Yeah, absolutely. All right. And is there anything else that you want to add for a bonus save? No, I, I think that's more than enough. So that, that's our show. Remember, you can find this and our entire catalog of indispensable episodes at birdseyeviewbaltimore.com. Bird's Eye View is available for download wherever it is you got your podcast. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, and many others. And please remember to rate and review the show. We appreciate the feedback and it encourages other people to listen for the first time. Come and get social with us. You can email us at contact at birdseyeviewbaltimore.com. You can find us on social media. Uh, we're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on Snapchat. But the best way to get a hold of us is on Twitter, where we tweet at birdseyeviewbal. And with that, Baltimore and beyond, I will bid you a fond adieu-adieu. Good night, Baltimore. Be safe out there. And let's go O's. I'm actually getting really excited for the 26th. It's going to be a good time. It's uh, it's going to be something. So you've got your baseball beer, and then are we moving to gin? When do we not move to gin? That's a good point. That's a really good point. Hmm. I'm going to gin up some excitement. This is why I'm in spring training still. Still getting prepped for the season. Boys in shorts. Boys in shorts. Woohoo! Jim Hunter, Catholic Charities Baltimore. still here it's over go home go